Hey, Fedheads, welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat. I played the right intro again this time. Uh, that's two Cigar Chats in a row, but I think that might be two sharing our pairings in a row where I got it wrong. Um, but, you know, that's all right. So I'm your host, Trip. Uh, we're here broadcast live on Facebook, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, and then, of course, available on YouTube as, as a replay and whatever your favorite podcast catcher is. Wherever you get podcasts, you can get us there. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, interact with us. We're going to maybe give away some stuff in a little bit, so uh, get those questions ready. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or on, on uh, YouTube, give us a like, a thumbs up, uh, leave some comments. We'll comment back. Uh, let us know what you think. And I'm here with my guest co-host, or I guess my regular co-host, uh, since it's been, a, it's been a hot minute since I've had a different co-host. Uh, but I'm here with Jason. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good. Happy about the temperature right now. It's about 50 degrees. It's not raining at the moment. That's always a good fall in Portland. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys haven't seen him yet, but we've got a special guest here for the show hiding behind a cigar box there. It is none other than Nicholas Melillo, a.k.a. Nick R. Agua. Nick, how you doing, my brother? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been too long. I'm excited about this show. Yeah, man, it's been a hot minute. It's been quite a while since you've been on the show. I didn't realize that until until we started scheduling this, which we had to push back a couple times, but that happens. You know, man, schedule's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, but it's, I think it's been since we launched uh, Elway Wednesday, which was October of like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds think, about right. Yeah, so yeah, we got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, so... You guys couldn't see me. I was I was taunting the crowd. That beautiful box. Yeah. So let's talk first about just just where Foundation came from. I mean, uh, people who have been keeping an eye on what's been going on know that uh, this isn't your uh, first time in the industry. You've been around for quite a while. So talk about your journey into the industry first. Yeah, I've been around for uh, 21 years now in the industry since 1996, and. Uh, Pretty much all the foundation crew that's working with me too um, have all been been in the business for a while. So new company, but we're we're all uh, I think I don't know what classifies as veterans, but I think we're getting close. Um, yeah, I you know I started in the industry running a retail shop uh, humidor in Connecticut called the Calabash Shop in '96, and um, that's when I first got my first go and uh, fell in love with cigar handmade cigars. Um, you know, just as I was starting university and studying international business. And these two ladies I worked for at the shop gave me, uh, put a lot of confidence in my palate and uh, my love for the business back in 96. So, uh, yeah, man, it was my, my first step in and I got to learn the retail side of things and then moved down to Nicaragua in 2003 and got to, to learn the, uh, you know, I got, I, I jumped in the deep end and uh, learned how to swim, which is sometimes the best way to learn how to. Um, you know, I'd always. I, it's funny because I just saw you come in, Bill. I'm actually here at the Owl Shop in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, my man, Bill. Bill, you want to say hi? Hey guys. Um, well, this is probably what year did the Owl Shop start? 1934. 1934 in the heart of. Wow. Connecticut on the Yale University campus. They've been nice enough to let me chill in their humidor and uh, talk to you guys. Awesome. Oh, Bill. <laughs> Bill runs, Bill runs hey, Bill. the show here. So if you're ever in New Haven, come to the Owl Shop. Yeah, please do. And they got you see great, you, great drinks here, too. Um, so I don't know where I was. Where was I? Uh, you had just I moved was, to Nicaragua. I just moved to Nicaragua 2003, March. You know, I had met um, Jonathan Drew when I was running retail when he first started, mm-hmm. and we had exchanged contact information and kept touch in touch over probably a period of like five years, um, four years. So it was like '97 to about 2002, and um, I had been traveling around the world in some crazy places: Southeast Asia, Mekong River. I circumnavigated the globe with a backpack. And, wow. Uh, dream and john had been on my email list and i think he said to himself you know this guy will be crazy enough to come and live in nicaragua and he was right and uh, (laughs) i moved moved right down to nicaragua in march of 2003 and it's funny because i just saw you know somebody asked me what really made you want to become a cigar maker and i saw this issue in 1996 tom Selleck 
it was the winter, I think, issue of, of Cigar Aficionado. There was an article in the back of that Cigar Aficionado on Rolando Race, who made a cigar at the time called Pudos Indios. Mm-hmm. It was a cool little article. I don't know who wrote it, but someone that went down to the factory in Honduras and really described every, you know, the aromas in the air and the, you know, chickens in the street and the horses on the road. And that article really was the article that made me want to become a cigar maker. So from that point, I always had dreamed of really learning how to bunch and roll cigars and wanting to really get into the production. And so that dream came true in 2003. And uh, I moved my life down to Nicaragua and have spent the majority of my time there ever since. So it really helped, uh, you know, nestle in and learn tobacco from the fields to the production floor. And, uh, you know, I was basically in charge of everything having to do with Drew Estate Nicaragua for for 12 years and and blended all the sticks that came out of there from like 03 to 2014. Um, So, you know, I've been really behind the the curtain for a lot of years. And, and right in there, I mean, to your credit, right in there is like a turning point for Drew Estate. When you joined Drew Estate, that was like when I had first started smoking cigars a little bit. And it was like, Drew Estate's a gimmick company. They they just make kind of like cigars that aren't in my wheelhouse. And then through your time there, they went from like being kind of looked down upon by uh, hardcore, like traditional cigar smokers to being like one of the top three brands. Yeah. So there was a lot of stars aligning at the same time. Yeah. You know, so yes, me moving down there was was definitely a huge point because I I loved cigars and tobacco. I didn't smoke infused cigars; it wasn't my cup of tea. I definitely appreciated them from a retail perspective. Of course, yeah. You know, people that you know, especially when they're starting to smoke cigars, they can't go into a tabernacle, you know, to start. They yeah. need to adjust to the light, you know. Um, so I wasn't my cup of tea. That's what Drew Estate was making. So I went down to the factory. I was hardcore for Drone 3000, Maduro, Fuente, you know, uh, LFD. Um, you know, I smoked a lot of the, the Hoya de Monterey at that time, a mm-hmm. lot of broadleaf products. So I was a hardcore traditionalist personally. So as I get to the factory, you know, what is a hardcore cigar lover supposed to do? As he's now surrounded amongst all these legends in the business, tobacco. I learned to start rolling. I start learning the leaf. And I really started blending my own cigars because I didn't smoke anything. I would get mm-hmm. cigars from Padron and some, some other factories <laughs> at the time. But I, you know, I had a lot of the leaf that was being used for the infused cigars was premium grade A leaf. Uh, yeah. So I started working on a lot of blends and a blends that I was smoking and rolling up myself. So that was a period of two years I had been working on blends, right? Two years into it, a company in, in Nicaragua called Oliva Tobacco, Nicaprosa, which mm-hmm. is not the Oliva cigar family. It's Oliva Tampa, who had been you know buying tobacco since the 20s. The angel Oliva, the old man, I think was trading tobacco from Cuba and actually smuggled seeds out of Cuba in his belt. You know, that's a true story. And they yeah. Said, you know, growing and selling tobacco in Esteli to factories, they weren't in the cigar production side, strictly leaf. They had started curing Connecticut broadleaf in about 2005, right? So this was my dream now coming true because Connecticut broadleaf is what my grandfather smoked, my great-grandfather smoked. This was the leaf that I love. I smoked a lot of Connecticut cigars when I started working at the cigar shop. So I had taken two years' worth of blend and now took the broadleaf and made up 10 blends that I thought would work with the Connecticut Broadleaf. And that's what was to become of Liga Pravada number nine. So I had sent those blends that I had been working up up to the office to Steve, who had just come on board. Saka had just come on board and said, send something I can I can F and smoke. <laughs> and, and the team, you know, they they were they were Jones and especially Steve, because Steve had come on board to now really market a traditional cigar to the yeah. market. Um, so I sent those blends up. Steve didn't stop. I think he started chain smoking. You know, um, a lot of those original blends came the Unico series. And of course, one of them became uh, LP number nine. Um, and then that sort of started the, I think people started to recognize within the company, you know, 
my love for for blending and my talent for blending. Um, and it, it really has to do with just passion and love and and really just knowing the market, knowing what what I love, you know, hoping that other people love, you know, other guys and gals in the market love cigars, you know? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, I did that all that behind the scenes. I really didn't work on the packaging of any of these projects. It was strictly tobacco fermentation production um, side of the business. I wasn't doing events. It was, you know, I helped take the smallest factory in Nicaragua to when I left in 2014, still the largest factory in Nicaragua. Um, the last project, uh, Nico Rustica, before I left, is the only project I really worked on some packaging. Um, and that was something that had already been started and I just finished it. So, you know, after all of these years, I felt I built the foundation, not to be cliche, to really start my own company. <laughs> and I had the knowledge, you know, and experience to, you know, be credible as a cigar maker and start Foundation Cigar Company. So I did that two years ago. It spread my wings, which was a very difficult decision, you know, yeah. because the, the Nicaraguan team had become my family, you know, um, living in a foreign country. It's kind of different than than working, you know, in the States around where you live. Even when you're not working, it's it's still like you're a representation of the job. So all the people that work had become really my family. So that was the toughest part. Um, but, um, I knew I had to do it and, uh, glad I did because due to all this FDA stuff, I probably, if I didn't do it when I did, probably couldn't start a company. So, um, I yeah. was really, you know, fortunate to, to pull the trigger when I did. And I started foundation and, and launched with, uh, my first brand Elway Wednesday. I thought I would challenge the marketplace phonetically for my first project. Yeah. There's a lot of people who had a tough time with that name. You know, I, you know, obviously, um, I, I don't live in a in a complete hole, and I knew that would be a difficult mm. one for uh, people to pronounce. But for me, it was again. This is this is love for me. This is you know, this it, is all passion. The first project, all my projects, yeah. but especially that one because I knew you know the market El Way Wednesday would be difficult. It, you can't even you know it's <laughs> GU. People that speak Spanish can't even pronounce it um, because it's a Nahuatl word indigenous to Nicaragua, but it's a cultural treasure of the world. And I thought it was important, you know, that this really enter the market because I wanted guys and gals that love cigars to really understand what it's been like for me to live in Nicaragua since 2003. It's made me crazy enough to launch a product that is difficult to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, I felt that was really important because, you know, Nicaragua people know Sandinistas, they know war, they know all this kind of negative things. And here's this cultural treasure, you know, that's recognized by UNESCO and protected by this, you know, they protect the pyramids, they protect Way Wednesday. I thought it was important that that just get out there and that people, even though they can't pronounce it necessarily, they recognize the word and more than mm -hmm. that, they recognize the cigar. So, um I knew I wanted to do 100% Nicaraguan blend, fill a binder wrapper to start, and uh, that was the cornerstone. Sorry um, to keep ranting. Oh, no worries. You took us right up to our first break here, so we're going to take a quick break yeah. to thank one of our sponsors, but we'll be right back with uh, more from Nick Melillo and a little giveaway, so get those questions in. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage, featuring Rosado, Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. All right, welcome back to Cigar Chat on CigarFederation.com, broadcast live on Facebook. Um, and we'll, we're definitely going to talk about Nick's cigars a little bit more. But before we do that, I want to let you guys know to get your questions in on Facebook, those of you who are watching live. Um, Nick, we got a little giveaway. I, you said you're going to give away some hats. Yo, so yeah, you got that fresh hat on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Straight from the source. So I just got the actual UPS tracking today that the hats are in route. So... Definitely got some of those fresh, fresh hats. That's like one of 50 right now you're wearing. Yeah. Right. There. So 
we got 50 more on the way. So I found a really high-end, nice quality hat maker. These aren't any old hats. Can no, they're really not. I, I can absolutely attest to that. So Nick handed me one of these hats when we met up in Connecticut and said, like, I know you're a hat guy. And I kind of geeked out about it because, uh, like, I'm a total hat geek. I have, I, I counted the other day, I have about 72 hats now. Uh, this is actually my first seven panel, which is like a, a kind of unique thing. I'll take it off and kind of show it off. So, yeah, it's not that normal five, uh, five or six panel. It's actually got two panels up here and then a flat one across, um, which just kind of gives a different look. But then it's also got like that leather in the back. It's all the, yeah. I mean, it's just got some nice touches. I chose the leather as I thought the leather was nice. Yeah, I love this hat, man. Like, this is is one of my default hats. If I'm going out somewhere, this is one of the hats that I'm going to pick from. I'm getting beat up, man. We've been kind of slow in the swag game because there's just so much. I'm trying to get cigars out to everybody mm -hmm. in time without them all getting mad at me. So the swag game has only been really, you know, when I'm doing events and things like that. But I'm hoping at some point to have a swag page up on the site. Um, so right now, you know, the swag's kind of limited and, um, I have that hat, and I actually have a new limited edition design that's going to be coming in at the end of the month. So. Oh, I'm excited to see that one. That's going to take a little bit more time, but I'll do one in one. All right, so we're giving away two hats? Two hats. Now, I haven't talked to you guys about this, but I do have a pack of Menelix, too. We could also, oh, man. Could also roast up. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll give away two hats and one five-pack of Menelix. It's five, right? Or is it four? Five. All right, two hats and a five-pack of Menelix. Get those questions in. Uh, we'll be asking them in a few minutes. But first, let's talk about the cigars. So we already talked about the wise man a little bit. Uh, and then your next venture was uh, the tabernacle, right? Woo-hoo! Return to Broadleaf. <laughs> tabernacle. You know I got a box hanging there. Yes, the tabernacle. What do you think about the tabernacle? I love it. I, I like it. That one. That Lancero is money. Lanceros have been hot, man. You know, it's funny, and double Coronas have been have been going, going kind of crazy, too. It's funny to see how sizes kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, in different areas are hot and hot. Jim, what's up, man? You want to say hi? Cigar Federation. What's up, guys? Jim, up, Jim? Jim's running the show over here at the Owl Shop. These guys put up with me a lot. Oh, that's <laughs> good, man. That's the Menelik. He's taking the Menelik. He's throwing them in the... Uh-oh. So you want a cigar? Grab a cigar. Just All right, we'll be giving away two hats and no Menelix. No, no. <laughs> Son of the wise man. So we ripped that shit open. No, this is for the guys we're giving it away online today. <laughs> no, I guess you another one. I guess you weren't Friday. No swearing. The Menelix are already going. So the Tabernacle, yeah, you know, the Tabernacle in um, the fall of 2014, I, I purchased um, a broadleaf crop. So... You know, I knew in order to do the broadleaf that I wanted to do, it was going to take time also. Um, mm. If you know, I, you know, behind the scenes of things, I also have a consulting company called Melillo International, where I'm actually involved in projects behind the scenes of between farmers and suppliers um, and really helping making connections where they work um, and really supplying you know, different leaves actually to the market, which actually used in a lot of different projects. But Broadleaf, uh, I was selecting for myself and um, some other customers, and um, AJ ended up purchasing that crop uh, with me and has been curing it ever since. And um, yeah, man, the uh, Tabernacle um, is really, you know, my my Connecticut Broadleaf. You know what I mean? It's it's the next the next level of just for me complexity, richness, body strength. You know, you got the, the spice, you got the cocoa, you got, mm -hmm. um, you know, some nougat going on. The, the, the retro hail is just, you know, and it's balanced at the same time. I mean, it's definitely a heartier, richer smoke. But, you know, for me, it can't be all, you know, one dimensional hitting me, you know, on my palate and just all up front spiciness, spiciness or, mm -hmm. um, you know, pepper. So I really want that whole mouthfeel and, you know, also the retrohale just to be amazing. So you have some beautiful San Andreas uh, binder, and then you have just some of the top end um, fillers from Esteli, from Jalapa, 
there's a little bit in there from Honduras to give it a little something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's just, just an awesome, awesome smoke. And, um, you know, again, to be able to, to really work from the branding side of things, you know, we have an amazing art director in Nicaragua called Thief, Thief Operandi is his, his street painting. <laughs> his name is Alex Garcia. Big up to my man Thief. Um, you know, he's just able to work with me and we just, we just flow off each other and he's able to really manifest, you know, the vision and, um, you know, he hand painted all this and then we were able to, he was able to move wow. over to the shop and, you know, it's just incredible detail. And then the printing, you know, the gold embossing, you know, this product, you have the Nicaragua national flower of Nicaragua, national tree of Nicaragua. So he did a killer job in that. And, you know, Alex and I, Thief and I have been always been a, a big fan of the of the culture of uh, Haile Selassie, the history of, mm -hmm. of the tabernacle, um, which the Ethiopians claim to this day possess. You know, the tabernacle has always been the holding place for the Ark of the Covenant, and it was always a, a movable object. And yeah. ever since I started and got my first diamond crown humidor, you know, when I opened up that that humidor, this was my sacred my sacred box of treats you know you go in there and you look at move them around make sure everything is nice and you know so that's it's always been a very special thing cigar smoke you know especially because it started with my brother my grandfather and you know it was always a, a ceremony for us and um really something sacred and and, and that's what tobacco started at yeah as a sacred a ritual you know they say smoking actually began during smudging rituals where they would actually burn you know, tobacco or herbs, the indigenous tribes, you've heard of smudging where they take mm -hmm. the smoke mm -hmm. and really kind of like bless up their temple. Um, and I think at one point somebody started inhaling that and then it, you know, became smoking. Um, so I always loved the name Tabernacle and I thought it was an appropriate uh, word. And I always wanted to use, you know, and really, again, put out there this image of Haile Selassie, who's really been an important figure in my life. Um, uh, but also, you know, history in general. So thought it was a good, a good combo. And the bands just came out. Oh, they're beautiful. Wait, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of like intricate detail, you know, on the side of the band too. Uh, I used to live in Rome by an obelisk that was stolen by Mussolini in 1935. Wow. And it's actually on the side of the band. Uh, we sort of incorporated that. It was this. It was this obelisk that was stolen from Ethiopia, and the Ethiopians wanted it back. And when I was there, I lived right by it. Like literally, I'd walk by it every morning. When they, the Italians said they weren't going to return it because it would have cost them like ten million dollars to return it, I swear to God, three days later, it was struck by lightning. Threw part of the top of the obelisk off. Wow. Long story short, it was returned on my birthday, April twenty fifth. <laughs> so we had to put that in there. Um, so, yeah, and then you got the good old um, Lion of Judah right on the uh, guarantee seal there. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, and we were very fortunate this past July, we actually made 200 special cigars for this gentleman on the box's family. They were celebrating his 125th birthday in Ethiopia, and I was contacted um, by one of the friends of the family that was the head of the committee for the birthday. And we made wow. uh, 200 cigars for the royal family. Uh, wow, that's awesome. It was, he was still alive at 125? No, no. They were having his memorial birthday. Okay. Oh, okay. The family was having his 125th memorial celebration. And it was a crazy story. Um, a gentleman from Ethiopia had been traveling to California. And he saw a box of the tabernacles, purchased them, brought them back to Ethiopia, and was eating with another gentleman who said, I bought, you know, a box of cigars with Haile Selassie on them. And the gentleman responded to him, yes, that's Nicholas Melillo, the tabernacle. He's a good, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> I had been friends with him, a friend of his on Instagram for like three years because he has a, a smoking community in Ethiopia. And we had been in touch and become pretty good friends over the years. So that's how the connection Wow, that's nuts. You have you have some interesting connections that you make. Uh, Jason, I'm going to let you take the next question because we got audience questions rolling in, and I don't want to be the only one asking questions on here. Okay, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> drop into one of your new things. Um, 
it was actually i think it's kind of interesting and different from um everything else that one might typically think but what um what's going on with the upsetters line upset the nation yes the upsetters upsetters we've got every box here there you go right there we go um i love that image yeah this image right here is an image really based off an old cult Jamaican movie classic called The Harder They Come, um, which is, I don't know if you know Jimmy Cliff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is based on that, and then it's based on reggae art uh, album, like the late 60s, early 70s. Everybody was, at that time, was really obsessed with spaghetti westerns in Jamaica. So a lot of the ska, rocksteady, reggae albums at the time had uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, different, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing a lot of times they were smoking cigars too. So, and it's also was an old house band uh, by a gentleman named Lee Scratch Perry, who was really the founder of all of this modern day, like uh, dubstep, you know, techno, all that kind of music comes from, from the roots is really from this time period. Um, so, you know, I, when I started smoking cigars in 96, a lot of cigars were being made in, in Kingston, Jamaica. You had the C. Fuentes factory, oh, yeah. the Jamaica factory. Um, all the Macanudos at that time were being made there. You know, uh, Temple Hall. So I had been falling in love with reggae, ska, rocksteady music. And at the same time, I was falling in love with cigars. So I had always dreamed of, again, doing a brand where I can incorporate these two things. Um, and I thought... You know, in our portfolio, I thought it would be great to have, you know, an infused cigar in the market. Again, it's not everybody's cup of tea, um, but I felt that there was a need for it um, because there's not really that much competition in this market segment. No, definitely I, not. That, you know, you know, the market is built on, on, on competition. So, you know, I thought the market really needed it. And, um, you know, I really wanted to get creative. And again, Alex, our art director... I mean, he's just, you know, he's, he's a, he's a DJ too. So he's making, <laughs> a music. so, you know, this was a really fun project for him to work on. And, um, so, you know, I traveled to Jamaica about three years ago when I was working on the Wednesday project for Bob Marley's birthday. And I didn't realize people were still growing tobacco in Jamaica. So I, I went to Bob's birthday, just sort of like on a whim, because I just realized like three days before his birthday, I flew from Nicaragua to Kingston and showed up at Bob Marley's house and there happened to be a, uh, a party open to the public celebration, birthday celebration. And then I noticed some guys that were pulling whole tobacco leaves out of their pocket. And, <laughs> and then I started traveling up into the mountain and then um, I started meeting some, some people that were remnants of the cigar industry and, um, you know, small crop farmers that were growing uh, a strain called cow tongue. Uh, the reason they, they call it cow tongue because it's much more narrow than, uh, say, Cubans or broadleaf. Uh, so we ended up um, purchasing some tobacco, sending it to Nicaragua and blending it and uh, infusing it and curing it in Nicaragua. And we came with the upsetters. So when I launched the project a year ago, um, you know, I only had one sales person on, at the time. Um, so we've been really taking things slow, you know, because we want to, we want to make the right steps. So, um, at the time I had been talking to Miami cigar company, they came on for a year and distributed the product and we just brought it back in house cause we were, you know, we formed our whole, uh, sales team throughout the country and, uh, we just got it back last month. So, um, Rick Ardito, who's a good friend of mine who we actually worked together over at True Estate. He was actually one of the first guys I met um, from True Estate back in 97 because he was from Guilford, Connecticut, and he used to come into the shop all the time, and uh, we formed a friendship. He left, I think, back in 2010, I want to say, around that time, Um, and he was working uh, for 724 at one time, and then I came up with this project and, and told him about it, and gave him the whole story and he came on board and has been leading the project. So it's, it's been exciting. You know, it's interesting. Wow. It's interesting to see, you know, amongst the hardcore guys, they kind of like tweak out a little bit sometimes, but you know, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, to each his own, I can't, you know, 
Yeah, I hear you. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and then we'll be back. Uh, and we're going to answer some audience questions when we get back. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today all right and we're back with cigar chat with none other than nicholas melillo that's um i i just answered an audience question for you gerard j shelley said got here late is that nick um gerard you just got yourself an entry into a giveaway lucky you you had good timing um wait all right let me go no we're not giving anything away yet i'm just taking down uh of people who might win and then at the end i'll kind of Bill just came in here. He's streaming the show. <laughs> what do you need, What do you need? Um, all right. Here's, here's a really good question from Robert Downey. Uh, he wants to know what your favorite cigar of all time is, Nick. Ooh. Cigar of all time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Besides yours. And I feel I like that's a... understand this response, though. I would say one of my favorite cigars of all time, Pudos Indios number two torpedo, but... Only from the crop year 1996. <laughs> okay? I think I'm, I'm, I'm like being... That cigar in 1996 was one of the most amazing cigars I've ever smoked. And it was only that... You look at that year, Pluto Indios number two torpedo was ranked pretty much on top with Opus X number two and Monte Cristo number two in Cigar Aficionado. That's the Tom Selleck uh, issue of that magazine. One of the best He's cigars bringing I've ever it back seen. to Tom Selleck. <laughs> Dude, Tom Selleck was, that's a legendary issue right there for me. Uh, so, he's all in the tuxedo, I think like a tuxedo, a white tuxedo. Um, that's one of them. Do I get to, I only get one? I mean, you could go, you could keep going if you want. You could talk about some more. One of the best cigars I've ever smoked? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I'll keep going. Liga Pravada number nine when I first blended it. That <laughs> uh, was the first time it came off and I smoked that thing. Ridiculous. Um, same goes with Tavern. Still to this day, out of this world. See, now you got me on a uh, Wednesday. Beautiful. Um, you know, I used to smoke a lot of Padrones back in like late '90s, 3000. Like that cigar was like cocoa. Mm-hmm. But and I used to smoke a lot of Opus X Number Two back in that day. Um, so there's a lot, man. There's a lot of good you're, stuff. Yeah, you're you're a cigar geek at heart. <laughs> Uh, you're not just a guy here to make money. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Anyone in the cigar industry isn't here to make money. Listen, you know, to be able to do something that I love and I feel passionate about and make a living, this is, you know, this is it's great. You know, I think it's 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 amazing. So, but it's, you know, it, it, it's something I love, man. I just, I've always... You know, love cigar. That's why, for me, making cigars, too, and then smoking cigars, and when I'm smoking my cigars, you know, I try to, I can put myself as a customer. Like, I put on yeah. the hat of Nick going into a cigar shop trying a cigar. You know what I mean? Like, when I smoked a cigar, like the Wise Man Maduro, when I tried this after it had aging time on for the first time, I was actually smoking with my man in uh, New York City, uh, Nat Sherman, my man Juan. We went out to lunch, and... And then we came back, and I, you know, it's the first time I was lighting up the cigar. I sort of was looking at Juan, he was looking at me, and then you're just like, wow, that effing good smoke right there. Uh. It's And it's not like just because, of course, you know, I'm biased, but I take myself out of that and then smoke the cigar. Because I got to really love it, you know what I mean? Like, it's got to... Yeah. And each cigar that I've, I've made, I really love, and each is really different. Because they're, you know, they're they're all different as, as far as the blends, but they're all blends that, you know. So uh, that that actually, uh, I had that exact same reaction the first time I smoked it, and that's what I'm smoking tonight. I love this cigar. Yeah. So uh, the first day of the IPCPR, like the well, actually, like the negative first day, day zero of the IPCPR. Everybody's in there setting up and stuff. Um, I went and I got my badge, and I went in to help Logan set up his coffee at your booth. Um, right, and that was as we were leaving, Logan's like, 
here, I got you guys some cigars. And we went over to check out the uh, uh, the Westgate, which was not a good situation. Um, and we couldn't find a seat. So we went over to like a bar that was actually closed that was right off the edge of the floor. And all three of us lit up Elway Wentz and Maduro's. And we looked at each other and it was like, this is effing amazing. I can't believe how good this is. Um, and still, uh, at least, at the very least for the week of the show, it was the best cigar I smoked the whole show. And it was the first cigar that we smoked from the show. And yeah. I keep smoking some, them. Some reviews, some blind reviews. Very funny. Um, you know, um, I, I, you know, last week I was smoking High Clear Castle. Well, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, the Toro I was smoking a lot of. That cigar was, was blowing my mind. Completely different blend. But, you know, I, I tell these guys, because a lot of people look at it, you know, hardcore guys, genetic shade, and... You know, people are not sometimes the hardcore guys. They sort of like move their mind past Connecticut shade. But the binder of that cigar is Matafina Brazil. Matafina Brazil is one of my favorite tobaccos, but a rich, dark, darker tobacco, uh, really heavy. So I've been telling guys, you mm-hmm. ever smoked? Have you ever smoked a Maduro cigar with a Connecticut shade wrapper before? And they're that- like sideways. That's that's this cigar because that that brings all the filler tobaccos together. Where I'm able to use heavier fillers, you know, not I'm not using crazy ligeros and whatnot, but heavier fillers, and then that Montefina sort of rounds them all out. Um, yeah. Because, because that Connecticut shade is so thin, you know, it's so beautiful, it's so elegant, but you need some buffer of strength if you're going to get some strength in there. And that's what I think what happens a lot of time with Connecticut shades is people really either use you know a lot of seikos you know keep the strength level down and then it gets sort of that bitter kind of hey mm-hmm. business going on or they go too strong and it really you know then it's too much it can be too aggressive um and for me that cigar you know definitely a lighter body cigar but just tons of flavor and yeah i actually smoked one tonight um right before the show size. uh it was actually the toro and I was blown. That was the first time I've smoked on a clean palate because I think I smoked one or two with the IPCPR. Um, and I thought, you know, this is a great cigar, but it's hard to get a really good read when you've been smoking like 12 cigars a day it's, and talking all day. It's hard to get like a really good read on the cigar, but uh, not to spoil my upcoming review of it, but I really liked it. And it, it really, like you were saying, it doesn't smoke like a Connecticut even a little bit. It's got that soul of a Connecticut a little bit, but it's got so much more body and strength and spice that I, I wasn't expecting out of, you know, the outward appearance of the cigar. The best way I can describe it to guys is that Connecticut shade is that beautiful evening gown, you know, really nice on the eyes, very pleasant to look at. And then that Montefina is that underneath Victoria black lace holding everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it does its job perfectly you know and it really yeah. i was actually when i was working on the blend you know had been working a lot with with san andreas binder and then for some reason you know i had been working um and talking with aj at the time because he hadn't had i think a lot of Montefina's portfolio he ended up bringing it on for me which mm-hmm. is amazing and he pulled it out of inventory and i put that on and it was just like that was it that just brought it everything together and um you know what an amazing we had um lord carnarvon here for high clear castle last week in etiquette it was for his first time really traveling with me uh to shops uh around the northeast and it was just amazing i mean lord carnarvon is i mean the guy just you know to be able to be working with all these brands you see i love history in a lot of these brands oh yeah so to work on high clear castle it just really you know, just brings everything together, you know, as far as a brand for, for, for the company and working with High Clear. You know, this isn't just a brand where we're licensed. We formed a whole other company where we're all partners together. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not, it's not just some licensing thing and, you know, Lord Carnarvon's not involved and it's some gimmick because of Downton Abbey and this. This is the real deal, man. You know what I mean? Like, this is, I don't do gimmicks. Yeah. I, you know, and, not me and everything we're doing here is is just you know true to the core and the moment you know a good friend of mine adam here from connecticut owns a distillery and is working with lord carnarvon on high clear castle whiskey which is going to be amazing that's 
that's soon to be launched in the in the coming. Oh man! Look out for that. Um, so you know, he had become really good friends with Lord Carnarvon and his wife. And when he introduced us, you know, it was just uh, an honor, first of all, to, you know, meet him and so much history, you know, being a history buff. His great grandfather discovered King Tut's tomb for yeah. Tuxin, was a huge cigar smoker. I mean, I was able to access, you know, the archives through their archivists, this, these history and they're on the actual High Clear Castle website. You can see some of the documents that I, you know, I was able to read. You know, again, you said I'm a cigar geek. I start geeking out. The cigars have been an integral part of this castle. They have a cigar room, you know, a yeah. smoking room. This wow. would happen after dinner. You would go and smoke a cigar. And, you know, to really have access to that and use that as the inspiration for this line, just amazing. And, um, you know, to, to hear the stories of Lord Carnarvon, of cigar smoking, of, you know, the formation of Canada. You know, he was telling a story <laughs> at dinner, and you know, just it's amazing. He's so down to earth at the same time, very much into agriculture, farming, and um, just awesome stuff, man. So that's you know, this has definitely been great to you know, this is our Rolls Royce portfolio, and um, you know, I think it's, it's fitting in nicely. It's been shipping over the past couple of weeks. Um, fortunately, we were set back a couple weeks due to the hurricanes and weather and people didn't realize it was a tropical storm that hit the hit Nicaragua and uh, things have been kind of slow you know moving but um, yeah we're trying to get things everything out before the holidays so people enjoy and before we get to our next question uh, the last segment here is brought to you by Drew Estate uh, they good yum smoke some Drew Estate bless up bless up Bless up, uh, Jason. Uh, I just painted you an audio, an audience question because I'm hogging all the time. Can you ask that if you've got it in front of you? If you don't, it's not a big deal. We got some yeah. out there. Yeah. So, um, Don Bleeker wants to know uh, what's your favorite Vitola, and does it vary depending on the blend? Great question, Don Bleeker. That is an awesome question. Favorite Vitola? It does. It depends. I, I kind of go in and out. Typically. My size has always been 6x52 Toro. That's that's just always been kind of my size. And that's actually the size I usually start with in the blending process, you know, because I feel it's it's a really great size lengthwise, ring-wise, ring to really get, you know, the, the fullness of the blend. And then I really mm-hmm. work, work from there. But, you know, I love Coronas, love a good Corona. Um, I rarely get time to really sit down and smoke like a double Corona, or uh, you know, much larger cigar than a, than a Toro. I've been smoking these, the Robustos, and these a lot. Last week I was smoking actually High Clear Castle Coronas because those were just smoking incredible. Um, so it does. It depends on you know sort of my mood. It depends on um, you know how much time I have, and then also you know my smoking experience is different a lot because I'm always I'm, I'm I'm a lunatic for just you know. Checking quality control, you know, making sure you know everybody's having a good smoking experience. Yeah. If I could smoke everybody's cigar, this is kind of weird, but everybody's cigar before smoking, <laughs> just to make sure it's you know hit, you know, smoking right and burning correctly and constructed properly, because you know I want man, you know, I spend my 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 life doing that quality control. So, but Lanceros I like from time to time. Oh yeah. Get nice Lancero. Mm-hmm. I like a petite Corona from time to time. Petite Coronas are good because they're they're situationally good. When you don't have time for a full cigar and you just have time for a petite Corona, it just hits the spot. Yep. I'll probably be smoking more Coronas when I'm traveling up north now, colder weather, mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, depends. Um, I've got a uh, what I'm assuming is going to be a kind of a tough question from Allison Trainer. Nick, what is your favorite cigar that you've ever blended? It's like it's like picking which kid you get to pull out of the fire. Yeah, that really is that way. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know what I tell people too with uh, with um, you know tobaccos a lot of times. It's not necessarily one tobacco is better than the other. Every tobacco has its own characteristic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Its own time and place. So it's the same thing, man. Like you know, Wednesday, you know. They're they're all my favorites. They are. It's tough to 
it really is tough. That's like having me try to pick my favorite Bob Marley song. <laughs> that actually that leads into the next question. Uh, uh, what's your? Which I mean, this is an easy question. I can answer this one for you, if you if you really want. What's your go-to genre of music to listen to while having a cigar? I have to say roots, you know, roots, roots reggae. You know, <laughs> kind of like that slackness, me like the roots, you know, like all that reggae from late '60s, early '70s, you know, up to Bob. You know, I spent when I first heard Bob Marley, I I listened to Bob Marley like two years straight. <laughs> that, all I listened to was Bob Marley. But anything I could get my hands on, you know, at that time, you didn't have YouTube and all this stuff. So, you know, be getting rare CDs from Japan and, you know, all this crazy stuff. But, you know, I love hip hop. You know, I love blues. I love, you know, I listen to R&B, jazz, you know. Uh, again, it depends. It's almost like cigars, too. You know, it depends on your mood. It depends on, you know, what what you're really feeling at the time. And, um you know, I was on like a Tupac kick last month because I, I saw the <laughs> Tupac movie, which I thought was. Eh. I, I heard that. I was gonna watch it, and yeah. I heard, kept hearing no so good things. Didn't even come close to straight out of Compton, but <laughs> then I had to go deep into like Tupac interviews, and you know, only Tupac. And this week <laughs> I'm on a I'm on a little bit of an R&B kick. I found a Janet Jackson and. Uh, q-tip track that i hadn't heard in a while. <laughs> oh man uh here's a th that one was from brad DeJong, and so is this one but this is a really good question um can you relax smoking your own cigars or are you constantly in quality Ooh. control mode Ooh. who asked that question brad DeJong. brad great question um yeah i'm 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 working i'm yeah. always quality control it's only when i'm like on the weekend, you know, or like at night where I can really relax and enjoy it, you know, fully. I mean, I'm enjoying it now. Like I enjoy yeah. it. I don't like smoke and like move around a lot. Like when I'm at the show, I really smoke a cigar because I'm talking the whole time. I'm moving. I just always have one. And I'm a chewer, you know, yeah. like the old school Connecticut broadleaf guys here in Connecticut. They don't even like them. They just chew and cut. Uh, <laughs> So I chew, especially broadleaf, like I like to chew, you know, have a charter oak in, in my mouth and, you know, have a nice uh, broadleaf. But, um, you know, when I'm like this, like right now, like I'm I'm enjoying, you know. Good. Because I'm always, I'm always putting myself in that state, not only from, you know, quality control. Is it burning correctly? Is it drawing collect correctly? But am I enjoying the flavor profiles, the experience? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's part of the the quality control process but um you know the point where i'm not thinking about those kind of things it's really just like you know like thanksgiving i'll be chilling and yeah you know i you know i'm looking forward to, to some of these holidays coming up it's been <laughs> but um you know christmas time and be chilling with you know with my brother and we'll, we'll have a nice smoke so uh, so I'm going to ask one more audience question for now and then let Jason ask a couple because I've really been hogging all the time. This is a question from Vincenzo, Vincenzo Scarduzio. Uh, Vincenzo. And it, this is a really good question. This is a really, really good question that I'm really excited to hear the answer. Would you ever do a collaboration with Sokka? I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not close to collaboration. All right. I'm not close. I'm not close to collaborations. I think it's difficult... You know, Steve and I had talked, you know, before we both launched, um, you know, I was really close at one point to opening up a factory. Um, Steve was going to be, you know, wanted to, to make his stuff in the factory. And we talked about collaborating, too, before that. But, you know, all this FDA stuff has really changed the climate. Yeah, it really has. Crazy, crazy time. Um, and I think collaborations just become, you know, much more difficult. And, you know, I think both... You know, Steve and I were, were fortunate to make, a, you know, make a launch before, you know, we waited any longer. It was really, yeah. it's really perfect timing. And, um, you know, I think it's great, too, because the market, you know, you end up getting even more, you know, more, more cigars out, you know, more, more, you know, cool things happening. So, you know, um, but, you know, if there's ever a possibility, um, you know, definitely see that happen if uh the fda you know we get an exemption that would be awesome yeah then get an exemption it's going to be collaboration city. <laughs> <laughs> you 
There'll be cigar. It'll be the next cigar boom. There'll just be cigars everywhere. <laughs> Only because people will be so excited to make new cigars again. You know, it might be too much, man. It might be too much. <laughs> All right, Jason, I'm going to let you ask a, a couple questions before okay. we uh, wrap up our AFRN segment. So as kind of a direct follow-up to that, was there anything that you were working on that you were not able to get out before the FDA deadline that is my, is kind of still out there. You know, I didn't, I didn't go completely um, crazy because for me developing these brands, I know the market over the years, everybody's got so accustomed to like new things. I really, Mm -hmm. each brand that I've come out with has my heart and soul. in it. Like just really everything that I've got has come out to these brands. Like, from every inch of the packaging to the blend. And I really created all these brands to be brands that I would hope will be around in 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, so I got I got pretty much everything I wanted to get out in the market um, out. There's a lot of stuff behind the, behind the scenes that people haven't seen yet, um, you know, that will we'll get out there. But I didn't get a thousand, you know, freaking brands rushed into the market yeah because there's a lot you know and and if you know people have done that it's awesome you know in a way it would be great because it's just it is tough that you know you get these limitations that are are being put on you um you know from a competition standpoint i mean it's it's kind of crazy but um i got i got i got the stuff i wanted to out there nice there'll be some there'll be some (laughs) uh, all right jason one more question all right. So final thing is um, a little bit about you personally, I guess, outside of the cigars is like, what, what do you like to do? Like when you're hanging out, not necessarily working on cigars or smoking cigars. I pretty much work 24 hours. <laughs> um, literally since March, I don't think I've had a full weekend from wow. the preparation to the show. Like people don't, th- you know, it's, it's tough, man, because. We've been knock on wood, you know, the, the products are being received really well and, you know, we're, we're turning, turning product at the stores and, and uh, you know, we, we've, we've moved into a new office in March that's on a 50 acre tobacco farm in the heart of Connecticut. Trip had, uh, was, was fortunate to have Trip over there. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, and it's, you know, got a lot of style and, uh, you know, it's an old farmhouse. So, Man, I put I, literally when I said I'm putting my everything into it, um, it's been nonstop, man. So I haven't had time. The only thing I've had time for is Game of Thrones. I got into it. <laughs> <laughs> I and binge watched uh, Game of Thrones. Um, you know, I love music. So if I can get out to see live music, you know, any type of live music, I, I love to see live music. I love to see performance. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to, um, you know, see some cool, cool acts uh, recently. Hey, who's that? Yo, hey, what's up, that? man? How you doing? I'm doing an interview right now on uh, Cigar Federation. It's good to you see you. Yeah, I'm going to be around. So I'm, I'm at Elm City. Okay. Right. All right, but come back. I just got to finish with these guys. We're in line. You know, music I love, you know, I was able to um, see some cool, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle I love. So, mm-hmm. Comedy I love. I was fortunate to see Dave Chappelle last year. I was able to go through a good friend of mine to uh, you know the after party for SNL when Dave. Wow. Was a year ago, this I think this month. Um, so a good friend of mine, uh, Derek Jones, aka D Nice, who's a big cigar cigar fan, um, was awesome. He invited me there, so I got to see see that and. Um, you know, some, some live acts for music and stuff. And that was killer. That was killer. So my friends out in Colorado, um, they're called the reminders. They're a hip hop, hip hop duo, actually husband and wife. Um, last year in December, actually, when I got off, uh, for break, they were actually touring through the Northeast. So I got to go on tour with them, um, for, they came through the Northeast house of blues. They were touring with a, a band called thievery corporation. Um, which uh, which is a great great sort of dub reggae kind of electronic dance like a fusion of all these things. Um, so I went on tour with them. That was fun, man. That was like that was my stress release. If I can go on on <laughs> tour with those those guys, the reminders are like my family. They've been really keeping me sane um, over the past you know since I met them. You know years ago we met 
Um, they were open up for Nas like three, three, four years ago. I came in from Nicaragua because I was actually going to see Mo's death because I always wanted to see Mo's death. He canceled. Mm -hmm. Nas ended up playing the show. And I ended up walking in and the reminders were on the stage and they were just set fire to the stage. It was the first time I had seen them perform and we just became really good friends after that, man. And uh, so that's fun. I like to hike from time to time, like Nicaragua. I go to a place, my quiet spot is like up in the mountains overlooking Esteli. There's like a little little uh, family there that owns an organic farm and they have like a little bed and breakfast, you know, just the freshest of juices. You know, I go up there for, for breakfast in the weekend. They don't have orange juice. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, hold on. Guy comes out, climbs a tree, grabs some oranges, comes back, makes orange nice. juice. Nice. <laughs> okay. um, you know, that's cool. My my friend, my friend, yeah, we got guys watching uh, live here at the uh, at the owl shop. Um, they're showing me the cigar fed. Um, your so, live yeah, studio audience. Your live studio audience forming out here, and uh, you know, again, my my friend and art director, Steve um, Operandi, is become a pretty pretty big. Uh, Yo, what's up, dog? How you doing, man? Good to see you. We're getting feedback on this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Thief has become uh, an underground DJ for like electronic music in Nicaragua. So I've been uh, traveling with him, you know, on the weekend when he's got shows. You want to say hi? You want to introduce yourself? I'm Robert Downey, also Zach Hawk. But what's up, guys? <laughs> oh, what's up, man? What's I up? something tonight so yeah so i guess i like to take take some time and do some things but literally you know it's all this stuff has been like before march just been just been non-stop here so i like to eat pizza oh yeah yeah you know when i come here to connecticut my brother lives in little italy next to two of the oldest pizza places in connecticut uh coal oven pizzas i'm starting to look like a pizza um, <laughs> it's just unbelievable it's one of those pepes Pepe's is one, and yeah. they're right down. Pepe's the and Sal's. There's a, there's a, you know, there's always the question, who do you like better, Pepe's and Sally's? I, I, I love them both, um, but you know, they're really good people. And uh, Sally's guys, and one of the uh, sons is a big cigar smoker. He loves Canadian. Oh, nice. So he's, uh, yeah. So they treat me, they treat me well in there. I actually took Lord Carnarvon and the High Clare crew to uh, Pepe's on Saturday, and uh, it was great. Lord Carnarvon was was loving it. <laughs> the pizza and a pitcher of beer, and, and we were we were in heaven. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. All right. So now, it's uh, before we wrap up, it's time to do the giveaways. Um, do you want me to do a random number generator, or do you want to pick some winners for your favorite questions? Oh, that's tough, man. I'm going to have to do the random number generator, you know? All right. Because I can't be biased to... To like guys like Robert Downey here. <laughs> All right, let me mash the button a little bit. So our first winner is Gerard. Um, so Gerard Shelley, send me an email, trip, T-R-I-P-P, at cigarfederation.com uh, with your mailing address, and we will get you either a hat or some Menelix. Uh, do you want to pick the prizes now, and I'll just email you what to send to who? You talking to me. Yeah, or do you want to pick them later? You talking to me? What are we <laughs> Yeah, you want to email? Uh, I'll just email it? you three addresses, and you can pick whatever you want. Okay. All right. Our next one is gonna be Don Bleeker. Don, send me an email. Give me your address. Nick's gonna get you something cool. And then Bleaker. lastly, we have Allison Trainer. Allison Trainer, email me trip at cigarfederation.com. Trip with two P's. Yeah. I got right, people messaging me on Facebook and whatnot. I apologize. I've been really bad at getting back to all messages. <laughs> I'm inundated and overwhelmed with uh, a lot. So saying to all the people that you know I haven't been able to reach out to, tough. It's tough, but I love you all. I love you all. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening or watching, commenting, asking questions, giving us thumbs up. 
we really appreciate it. Everybody out there listening on the Armed Forces Radio Network, we hope we gave you an hour of uh, just kind of relaxing time. Hopefully you had time for a cigar, maybe one of Nick's cigars. We yeah. appreciate everything you guys are doing out there, things that we're not built to do. Yeah, no, that's it's uh, great to, to be broadcasting, and uh, yeah, I, words can't. Words can't express all the thanks and gratitude to everybody out there in the Arms Forces. God bless. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. We're going to have Eddie from Gurkha Cigars. Um, and who knows, we may have a giveaway that week, so keep tuned. Everybody have a great night. Great.